Hi, my name is Faye Glidden, and you are listening to A Monster I'm Up Against. My topic today is faith, marriage, and narcissistic abuse. There's four words I want you to hear. It's not your fault. It never was your fault. Those were some extremely healing words for me to hear when I first heard them from my counselor. My whole life is, has been very toxic. Comes from, I come from a, a background of abuse from childhood, which then escalated into me dating men that were abusive, which then led me into marrying a man that was extremely abusive and also narcissistic. But hearing those words were extremely healing for me. And I want you to hear those words as well. We um, are very accepting, empathetic people, empaths. Empaths are very accepting. We're very forgiving. Something else that I was told that struck me was that I have a high tolerance for inappropriate behavior. Being told that was very shocking. I had never really thought about that before. So I really had to think about that one for a long time. What does that actually mean? I have a high tolerance for inappropriate behavior. Well, I was conditioned to think that inappropriate behavior was acceptable. You may also be in that same position. You may be an empathetic person. You may be willing to take on everybody else's problems, and you may be willing to accept abuse, whether it be the way you're spoken to, the way you're silently treated, the way you're disrespected, the way you're controlled, demeaned, whatever it may be. You just may constantly justify it and make excuses as if it's your own. I made today's topic about faith and marriage and the narcissistic abuse because I think when faith plays a role in your relationship, there's so many layers to that. I know for myself, being in a marriage with somebody that was narcissistic, extremely abusive and extremely controlling, I made a lot of excuses for him. I was codependent. So I was always taking on his issues as my own and putting them before myself. But I was also always trying to cover those things up so that nobody else would see them. And I was always trying to be one step ahead. Faith comes in because it's really hard when you love the Lord and your heart is for the Lord and you love people and you're empathetic and you care about other people's feelings. I think being empathetic is um, hard enough as it is. And then you add your faith, like I said, which is a good thing. Having your faith gets you through so many things. It's gotten me through so many things. But it also adds this level of guilt. And that's one of the hardest things to deal with. When I got married, I made a promise and a covenant before the Lord, before my family and before my friends and to this man. When we were married... 
um, there were a lot of things that happened. It was a very toxic relationship. And I kept accepting the abuse. It was verbal. It was emotional. It was mental, psychological, financial, extremely controlling. I wasn't allowed to do anything at all. I couldn't have friends. I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything outside of the home. If I did, that was extremely selfish. And I wasn't allowed to do anything while he was off because it should have been completely centered around what he was doing and what he wanted me to do and for me to be available for that. I don't know if you are familiar with narcissist and narcissistic personality disorder, but it is a disorder in which a person has an inflated sense of self-importance. It is found more commonly in men and the cause is unknown, but likely involves a combination of genetic and environmental factors. Their symptoms include excessive need for admiration. That's all the time. They always want to be praised for everything. And if you don't praise them, they will praise themselves in front of you to make sure that you know what they've done. Um, They have a disregard for others' feelings. Never, ever were my feelings important to him. If I brought my feelings to him, it always ended up in this argument that was like a tornado. I would come to him. I would share what was on my heart. And next thing I know, I was told that I was sick in the head and that I was selfish and that those things never happened. That's also called gaslighting. So if you haven't heard of gaslighting, look it up. And they have an inability to handle any criticism. So even if I came to him to share my heart with him, he took that as a criticism and as a defense. And like I was telling him, he failed at something. Or you can never tell them that they're doing something wrong because they know better than anybody about everything. And They don't do anything wrong at all. And then they also have a sense of entitlement. They are entitled to have everything and anything that they want, including you, whenever they want. And they get to control everything that you do. And you, those are, there's red flags to see when you start to date them. But if you've come from a life of trauma and abuse, and you enter into a marriage with a person like this or any kind of a relationship with a person like this, you justify their actions. So when we've got trauma from our past and we have abuse from our past, we tend to believe that it's our fault. It's not your fault. We tend to believe that we created that. We didn't create that because that's what our abusers tell us. They've conditioned us and trained us to think that way. So when you enter into these relationships as an adult, you're still conditioned to think like that if you haven't had the appropriate counseling or help or had somebody tell you that it was wrong. So anyways, I entered into this marriage with this man, a lot of red flags that I ignored, that I justified. I would say a lot of times it's in my head. I'm making this up. It's not really as bad as I thought. If I did bring it to him, I got lashed. And so you become like a caged animal. You're afraid to step out of that cage because you know that the consequences are painful. So you just don't. And then you just start making a life that revolves around them. And that keeps the peace. So when I talk about having my faith, when we entered into a marriage and I made that covenant and that promise, I then became guilt-ridden. 
that this isn't what God wanted. It was painful because I wanted to love this man the way that God loved him. And I wanted him to be a better man. And I knew that he could be, or so I thought. But I did a lot of praying and I did a lot of crying. And there was a lot of ugliness in there, in that relationship. And maybe, you know, as I share my podcasts and my stories, we'll share a little bit more of those each time. Because I want to share those to help other people that are going through the same thing. And so that they can heal. Or at least start the process of healing. Or at least, and even looking for avenues of people to talk to, books to read. Somewhere to start. Little baby steps is how it starts. So I had somebody ask me, I am involved in a woman's um, self-defense course. I help teach the course. I'm very passionate about that. The first time I took the course, I've taken the course twice. And the first time I took the course, my eyes were opened up to a lot of things. My eyes were opened up to abuse, things that were not right. And that began my empowerment, my healing. And there's been a lot of things in my life that God has placed as I look back as tools for me to help to heal. That class, uh, my husband hated that I took. It was extremely selfish of me. He didn't like that it took away from the family. He wanted me there. He didn't want me to do anything that was for me. The only thing I was allowed to do was if it revolved around him. So as I took this course, I started to see things. I started to hear stories from other people. And I thought that kind of sounds like me. Yeah, I've, I've actually lived that. And I never said that. I just listened. And I thought that because when you're in an abusive relationship, you pretty much feel isolated and alone. And you don't think there's anybody else out there that is going through what you're going through or that could even possibly begin to understand. Your sense of reality is completely distorted. And they do that to you with their gaslighting and their verbal and mental and emotional abuse and the games that they play and the threats they give you. So I prayed a lot and I went to this class and things were opened up for me and I processed that class for a year and then I took it again and I processed things from that class and then I became part of the team and as I'm on the team I'm seeing I'm hearing women's stories that are in relationships that are abusive One of the things that the facilitator of this woman's self-defense class asked me one day, he said, let me ask you a question. Your faith is really strong. And I see women that have faith and they stay in these abusive relationships. You've chosen to work on getting out of that. What was the switch? What made you think differently? What made you get past that guilt in your faith? I thought, well, that's a really good question. And I'd have to say that the switch was, I realized that God loves me more than my choice of getting a divorce. His love will never change. It's always going to stay the same. And I also realized that God doesn't want me in an abusive relationship. I'm his daughter. He adores me and he loves me. He cherishes me. So to watch him in this 
to have him watch me in this abusive relationship. I can only imagine. It must have been so painful. But he's a gentle God, and he doesn't come storming in. He allows us to make our own choices. So then he asked me, why is it so hard for women of faith to leave abusive relationships? And I said, well, let me explain it to you this way. When you grow up and you're abused and then you end up in an abusive relationship, everything is always your fault to begin with. So we always carry around this bag of guilt, this really heavy bag of guilt with us. And we blame everything on ourselves. Everything bad that's happened is our fault. If we confront somebody and that's abusive and we say this happened and this hurts us and it turns on us or we get in trouble for looking at them the wrong way or not having the house clean enough or not having dinner ready on time or not having the bed made or not getting those chores done or those errands done and we get in trouble for that, we think to ourselves, oh, If only I had done that. If only I hadn't looked at him that way. No, he's right. Maybe I shouldn't have said that to him. They put it on us and we are willing to take that burden. Instead of saying, wait a second, I didn't do anything wrong. All I did was talk to this person. And it's not the end of the world if the house isn't absolutely perfect when they come home from work. I had sick kids to take care of or I had a lot of other things going on. But we just continue to take on that burden of guilt and we just assume the blame all the time. And we don't hold them accountable for mistreating us and abusing us. So we've got this level of guilt that we're dealing with. Then you add faith on top of that. Then you've got your guilt of letting God down because we are drilled from the very get-go that God hates divorce. And... Although I believe that to be true, I also believe that God absolutely hates abuse. And I think he hates it when you're with a relationship, if you're a woman and you're in a relationship with a man, and he uses his manly stature, head of the household, um, power to control and dominate a person. You know, one of the things I used to ask my husband all the time was, Why is it okay for you to control me and everything I do and say? God doesn't even do that. The God that created this universe doesn't even do that. He gives us freedom of choice. So who are you to sit here and control everything that I do? That didn't usually go over very well, I'll be honest. But I had to ask it. I got a little bit of a sassy side, thank God. So I would use that every once in a while. But we have the guilt of letting God down. We're so afraid that if we get divorced, that's the end. We're going to hell. God could never possibly even begin to forgive us. We're told to forgive 70 times 7. So we forgive and we forgive and we forgive and we forgive and we move on. And we take it and we put it in this little file in the back of our minds. And we think, you know, there's no use in getting upset about this because it's not going to do any good. And then we get up early in the morning and we pray and we pray during the day and we pray during at night to God, please help us. 
Please help me to be who you want me to be. Please help me to love the way you want me to love. Please help me to forgive this person that's wounded me over and over and over again. When does it stop? Lord, when, when do I have to stop? When do I get to stop forgiving? So that compounds on top of everything. We're just so afraid. And then the church, you go to church and oh my goodness, I love church. Don't get me wrong. But there isn't anything that infuriates me more than when I hear a pastor or a speaker get up there and talk about divorce, get marriage counseling, go to marriage seminars. Don't get divorced. Whatever you do, don't get divorced. Don't get divorced. Don't get divorced. God hates divorce. God wants healing. God wants restoration. And yes, he does. He does. But you know, that's for the people that are in reasonable relationships. That's for the people that you can actually talk to somebody and they have remorse and they have a conscience and they aren't going to blame you. And that conversation isn't going to go toxic. And then the blame isn't going to start and the names aren't going to be called. When you're in a relationship with somebody that you cannot even talk to, that's not a healthy relationship. So I sit there and I get mad when I hear this stuff. And yes, as much as it's true, and yes, there are some people that do need to hear that because there are marriages and people have struggles. But a lot of times, if you're healthy and mature, you can work through those. And then there's an understanding. But when you're with somebody that's narcissistic and abusive, it's very one-sided. So I get angry because I think there should be like a disclaimer. If you're in an abusive relationship, whether it be mental, emotional, verbal, or physical, then get help. God doesn't want you in that. But instead, we sit there and we hear these messages and then the guilt just is even heavier on our hearts. And we think, oh my God, I'm awful. I want to leave this person. And God, I need to forgive this person. Help me to forgive this person. Help me. I know you want marriage. You hate marriage. So I can't leave him. I'm not going to leave him. And I can't tell anybody that what's going on because they're not going to believe me because verbal and mental emotional abuse is, it is subjective. It's, it's different. We're not carrying bruises and cuts on our body that show the abuse. People don't believe it. And some people think it's in your head. So go to a marriage seminar and you guys get help. Well, we did two of those. Those did us no good. We went to counseling. And on the third session, he walked out. Um, so we have that guilt. We have that guilt of letting God down. We have the guilt of the example that we try to set for other people. They know that we're Christians. They know that we're trying to do the right thing. I led a Bible study for five years in my home. I didn't want to ruin that witness and that example by getting a divorce. And because of the abuse, I just kept thinking it was my fault. But there was something in my heart and in my spirit that knew I did not deserve to be treated that way. And as I started doing research, and as I started in my counseling, and as I started getting help, I started to realize, this isn't me. I'm not the one who's wrong here. Like these feelings that I've had, these red flags, these things that keep saying this isn't right, this isn't right, this isn't right, were validated. And then as that mental um, awareness became healthier, other things in my life emotionally became stronger. But the problem with that is then that creates opposition with your abuser. 
They don't want you to become strong. They don't want you to become wiser. They don't want you to become more independent. They want you weak. They want you fearful. They have power over you when you're that way. They don't want you to educate yourself. And they certainly don't want you out there talking to anybody else. He made me go to counseling. He was inappropriate with a relationship at work. He told me if I didn't go get counseling that we were going to get divorced because I was cheapening the relationship because I was the one that was insecure and jealous and immature. So I went and got help thinking it was all me. Maybe he's right. Maybe it's all in my head. Maybe I'm the one that's sick. Maybe I do. He keeps telling me I'm sick in the head. So maybe I am. And as I went to counseling, I learned it wasn't me, that it was him. And I actually told him that right before we got divorced. I said, I just want to say thank you for sending me to counseling because in that, I started healing. And in that, I realized I wasn't the one that was sick in the head. You were. So thank you. Thank you for sending me there and starting that. So I just want to say, I am divorced now and I don't live with any guilt because I do know that God loves me more than anything in the world. And I do know that he is helping me flourish and I'm starting to heal because I'm not in that toxic relationship anymore. You can't heal if you stay in the abuse and you can forgive and walk away at the same time and you're not going to go to hell and God's not going to love you any less and God is not going to be disappointed in you and you've got to you've got to trust in your faith and you've got to find people to support you and you have to get help and counseling and you have to read books do research and listen to listen to podcasts and things on YouTube about people that can help you, but they're also going to fill you with positive things, not let you sit and play the victim. This is empowering. And if you can get past that and know that God loves you more than your issue, God loves you more than you leaving that relationship, that he can use you so much more if you're out of that toxic relationship. That's a huge step for you. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I condone divorce. I don't. I, I, my dream was to be married forever and ever and ever. That's what I wanted. We have children. I didn't want that for my kids. That's another level of guilt. You have your children. You have your faith. You have your witness. You have your example. You have God. There's all these things. You worry about them, what's going to happen to them. You worry about you and what's going to happen to you. Change is scary. Change is so hard. And it took me three years to work through that fear. I knew I wanted to do it. And I started taking the little steps. But I didn't think it was ever going to happen. I was always way too fearful. And I was always too ridden with guilt. But I surrounded myself and I started to talk about it. And I surrounded myself with friends And the support that I got was absolutely amazing. And I went to counseling. And a lot of healing took place in counseling. So I'm not saying to go out and get a divorce if you're married. Or I'm not saying walk out of that relationship. If you love that person and you think that this person can get help with you and change and stop the abuse, then that's a wonderful thing. 
But if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, they don't change. They can change their masks. They can change their tones. They can act really good for a while, but it doesn't last long because it's not genuine. It's not a real heart change. It's just done because they are performing to get what they want. And that is all. And once they've gotten what they want, they go back to their old behaviors. So I'm here to tell you that if you're in an abusive relationship, it's not your fault. And I want to see a road of recovery and help for you just as I have for myself. I want to say that God loves you, whether you stay in that abusive relationship or whether you choose to leave. God loves you and he is going to supply things for you and he is going to open doors for you and he is going to put people in your life if that's the direction that you start to look. So don't send me hate mail saying that I'm condoning divorce because I'm not. What what I am condoning is getting out of an abusive relationship that you do not deserve to be in. None of us do. And I don't understand why there's people that think they can control and abuse us but they do, and that's a whole other subject that we can discuss in the future. But for now, let this be seeds of new beginnings for you, maybe a new awareness for you. Maybe nobody's put a title on anything. I knew for a long time I was with my abuser, and I didn't know what a narcissist was. And when I started to find out what a narcissist was, he hit every single point. And then I started watching his behaviors and then I started reading and then I started listening to things. And then I talked about it in my counseling and I started talking about it with other people. And I started listening to the stories of other people, just little things, little drips, drips that just kept helping me to heal. So God loves you. You don't deserve it. And it's not your fault. feeling frozen. I'm feeling lost. I'm feeling weak. I'm feeling sad. I always thought of myself as a strong person, but in this moment right now, I just want to break down. I want to sit with my God. I want to put my head on his lap and I want him to answer. I cannot get out of my own head. I cannot get out of this guilt that I feel. I want to get out of this abusive relationship so badly. And I feel stuck. Stuck because of my guilt. Stuck because of my convictions. Stuck because of my children. Can I stay in this? Can I pretend for the rest of my life? I'll never trust him with my heart. He's dishonest with me on so many levels and he hides so many things from me and he is, he's abusive verbally and emotionally. I'm nothing more than his children's caretaker the housemaker, the chef, 
And even that, he belittles. He just decided to... Well, he booked a family vacation. And he never even talked to me about it. Never took into consideration my commitments or my schedule. At all. I am very upset about that. I want to fight and I want to speak up for myself. But I'm afraid to. I am afraid to make that jump. What am I afraid of? I'm afraid of what my kids are going to have to go through. I'm afraid of my change in lifestyle. I'll be honest. I'm afraid of the unknown. I've been with him for 16 years now. I've never really had to worry about anything financially. And even though he always punishes me for spending money and belittles me and demeans me and shames me and guilts me for spending money even for children and for home, I've never really had to worry about making it on my own. I did for a while with Brianna. We were on our own for a while and that was tough. And that scares me. But it's more than that. It's just, I just can't get out of my head. How do I get out of my head? How do I move forward? And I just feel like God is not answering. And maybe he is. And maybe he's answered me multiple, multiple, multiple times. I just am not seeing and hearing it. Or maybe I just need something really big and really clear. But it seems that when I do get those, then I still make an excuse. What do I do? What do I do? God, I need you to help me. 